Nashville SC has a new player on the wing. Plus, roster decisions are due imminently, and we're here to talk about it on the Club and Country podcast. Welcome in to Club and Country. We are the podcast of record for Nashville SC coverage from the two people who've covered the club longer than anyone in their respective disciplines. I'm Wes Bowling. My co-host, of course, is Club Country USA's Tim Sullivan. Tim will join us in just a minute for a special interview with an expert on the Houston Dynamo. We're going to talk with Victor Ariza of The Striker. You might also know that site as The Striker Texas, but they've expanded their scope. Nonetheless, they specialize particularly in Texas professional soccer, and Victor has watched Fafa Pico closely over the last two years and can tell us what Nashville's new wing might bring to Music City. We're going to actually do this week's episodes, plural, in two parts. Today, we're going to talk to you about Fafa Pico. We're going to play that interview in just a moment from Victor Ariza. And later this week, once Nashville SC has officially announced its roster decisions for the offseason, we'll sit down and talk about it. We'll go into more depth not only about that, but also, of course, about the World Cup, as Nashville has not just one, but two representatives on the U.S. men's national team. Walker Zimmerman, we knew he was going to get the nod, and Shaq Moore, the right back, makes the move over from Spain midseason. He gets the nod from Greg Berhalter. He will be in Qatar. An incredible story, and we're excited to follow both of them. We're going to bring you a lot of World Cup coverage, primarily from a Nashville and MLS perspective. We know you can go to National and International Voices for full coverage. We're going to bring it closer to home for you throughout the World Cup, and we can't wait to uh, to join you. Let's talk a little more though first about Fafa Pico. Nashville SC's new wing, 5 foot 8, 31 years old, 18 goals and 61 appearances over his 2 years in Houston before coming over to Nashville for up to $250,000 in general allocation money. He's a 6-year veteran in this league, got to start with the Union back in 2017, and you'll hear us reference in this interview in a moment his durability. He's played at least 28 matches in every season that was not 2020, uh, where he still played the vast majority of Dallas's matches in that shortened season and uh, has worked his way into the fabric of each club that he's played for primarily because of his speed. That's his hallmark, but he turns that speed into produ- production. 11 goals in 2021, 7 last year for Houston, and he's versatile. He's played 84 matches in his career at left wing. 28 on the right, so some versatility there for Nashville to perhaps move him over to the right side as a compliment to Jacob Schaffelberg on the other end. And both of those guys are going to bring that home run kind of speed that should open up the pitch for guys like Hani Mukhtar, Randall Leal, CJ Sapong, and others, assuming that Sapong is back with the club. And again, we'll learn more about those roster moves. You may already know them, and we'll talk more about them later this week. So Fafa Pico brings a lot of bite, a lot of punch uh, potential to Nashville SC's attack. And let's get into more depth as Tim and I will chat now with Victor Ariza of The Striker about Fafa Pico, Nashville SC's newest acquisition. We are joined by Victor Ariza. He covers the Houston Dynamo for The Striker and is my former colleague on the board of North American Soccer Reporters. He's here to talk a little bit about uh, one of the newest boys in gold, uh, Fafa Pico. Vic, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Tim and and Wes. Uh, Pleasure to be on. So first of all, let's let's really quickly touch on the Dynamo um, before we get into the Pico talk. What is the feeling in Houston after what was a obviously a disappointing season, and then knowing now who the man to lead them into the future will be in Ben Olson? Yeah, I think part of it is uh, this isn't just this season, right? This has been a rebuild that's been happening uh, for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go as far back as uh, 
Dominic Kinnear's departure, um, you know, in, in the early, uh, you know, what was that, around 2014, right? The arrival of Owen Coyle and, and how that didn't work. Um, then, you know, Wilmer Cabrera, you go in back into the into the playoffs, but that team's not necessarily sustained either. Um, then you have uh, Tab Ramos coming in, and he's supposed to provide a, a different outlook. Uh, part of that, I think, was... was um, interrupted by COVID. The other part of it is the uh, the team lost two other uh, rising stars. We can put it that way. Uh, Abertelli goes over, uh, you know, finally gets transferred out after that whole saga. Mauro Manotto was in a similar situation, um, on his way to become the club's all-time leading goal scorer, and um, right before, obviously, gets transferred. Uh, had a rough season in 2020, but then gets transferred over to Liga MX. Um, and then, so now you're kind of starting from scratch a little bit here with uh, Nagamura this year, and and obviously we know what that happened eight months in. So it's been rebuild after rebuild after rebuild, and and fans obviously here have um, heard it all, seen it all, and and are just ready to get some good results going in here. So that's why you know obviously Ben Olsen's going to have a tough task of having to you know try to win right away, or at least give the impression that there's progress and there's things going in the right direction. Let's now talk about the guy who has played a, a role in in what's gone down on the field for the Dynamo the last couple of years, a winger, Fafa Pico. For Nashville fans who haven't seen him play, what is kind of the, the thousand-foot view of what this dude's game is like? Uh, he's a good winger. He's a, uh, obviously a speedy player. Maybe you know now he's a little bit older, so it so might not be as fast. Uh, but I think you know still still can provide... I think the biggest thing, and like any player, right? If you play to his strengths, he, he can be a player that can provide, uh, you know, some width in the attack. I still think, you know, and it wasn't utilized that way here in Houston. Maybe the right side is his better side um, because he, he, you know, as an inverted winger, he was kind of forced to cut back and and then lost quite a bit of time on some plays. Where on the right, with better moments, you know, go back and look at some of his goals, and and they're from that side. Um, you know, I think. Um, when he was brought here, obviously he was part of, of you know, Tab Ramos trying to turn th- things mm-hmm. around. Um, you know, now this season he was another coach that hadn't brought him in, right? Um, did, you know, things kind of sort of changed there, so I could see why, you know, he was looking for for an out. Um, but I do think he's a player that farther along in his career, he he can benefit um, a team that's maybe further along in, in a playoff chase and in a, in a chase for MLS Cup. And Astro might be a good fit, uh, you know, if they need some some width, if they need somebody who can uh, obviously be a good scorer, um, you know, depending on how they use them. Um, I think he can provide some value and, and maybe maybe he found a place in Nashville. Vic, first time yeah, interviewer, that... long time Twitter follower. Um, <laughs> enjoy your work. And the Striker is just an awesome, awesome publication. I'm curious, you mentioned the the origins of that transition away from Houston. And, and I believe Pat Onstadt referred to it as, as a bit of a mutual decision to move on. Was it primarily a product of of the managerial transition, or do you feel like there were other reasons why Fafa felt like he might just be a better fit elsewhere moving forward in his career? No, I think um, you know he mentioned because he had a I think he had a season over in Dallas right before he came over to Houston. He mentioned um, being in a place where he felt wanted, right? Being in a place where he felt he had he had a bit more of a purpose and and a bit more of the game plan, and that was obviously you know the case with with Tab Ramos in this, in in the season that. That's how I was here coaching. Um, you know, Papa played a lot of minutes. He he was on, you know, he he kind of, you know, shifted from either wing, but he was involved in the attack. Um, and I think kind of going back to it, that team lacked a little bit maybe more quality where they generated the chances, didn't put the goals away, didn't get the results. And ultimately that's kind of what 
what had you know did the whole in doing there and in this season it it did take a bit of a step back um Nagamura was more defensive um it, you know it was mentioned uh in an interview here and I think that's kind of where you know this trade saga started with Fafo you know in the summer he did an interview here locally on, on ESPN radio uh with Glenn Davis Glenn sort of asked him you know well, where do you like to play he said well obviously I like the attack I like I like to score goals He's like, I'm, I don't mind doing the defensive work, but obviously I'm suffering for it on the stat side. I don't know how much, you know, um, incentives and all that stuff have to play, right? And players contract mm-hmm. and then that, that can always be a factor. But I think, um, but I think ultimately that was the case here this year where he just maybe had to track back uh, a, a little bit more, do more running. Um, and even then, like, for example, uh, one, of, one of those situations was that game against Austin where they lost at home where, um, you know, having him out wide, he could have been an outlet where instead he, he's having to run back, uh, be a little bit uh, more on tired legs, having to go the other way, where instead maybe he can be somebody further up the field that can uh, stop outside backs from, from coming in. So that's why I think utilizing the right way, he can he can still provide value for his tag. Um, and he's certainly competitive, so he has that. Um, and and like I said, I think... I think his place was just in the team that was further ahead. I think, again, with the project that he was sold on with Tab Ramos here um, and potentially getting back in the playoffs and, 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 and having those expectations, I think that was one of the reasons he came to Houston. Obviously, it's a little bit longer of a rebuild than expected. So I think his place is that, you know, someone who's further along like natural. You mentioned, um, and it's kind of relevant to that last answer, but you mentioned before too that, uh, the, the speed kind of, kind of goes, and he is a guy who, at least when he was quite a bit younger, was thought of as, as a speed merchant at, at 31 years old. Did, did he, you know, have that like apparent slowdown in his, in his explosiveness this year? Is that something that Nashville is going to look at and say, okay, maybe, maybe the same ability to win one-on-one right. or, or beat guys on the touchline isn't there? I think a little bit. I also think one thing that didn't help him in Houston, it was that he really was the one big threat on the wings for Houston. Mm-hmm he didn't necessarily have somebody on the opposite wing to sort of, you know, allow him to, to have more of those one-on-ones, right? Um, you know, where he might have had in the, in the first year, um, again, on, under under Tab, where, where um, I believe it was Tyler Pasher, you had, you had other players. I mean, you had, you had more of a, an attack that way, where this year, he you know, there wasn't really anybody else providing anything on the other side of the field. So... It was easier to kind of, you know, get on him. Again, I think part of it was being on the wrong side. He was maybe on the left too much um, where he had to play as an inverted winger where instead when he was when he was let go uh, on the right side of the, of the field, um, it was sort of just a straight shot, um, you know, towards goal. And, and and I think if he's utilized that way, he, like I said, I think he still, he still has some game uh, he can provide and, and help a team um, score goals. Um, I know some of the, maybe a knock he got from fans was that maybe he didn't pass the ball enough, maybe too selfish in that perspective. I think that that all goes to a game plan of a coach, right? Uh, what the instructions are. Um, but I do think he does get in positions to, to provide assist if that was, you know, what what the instructions are. Um, but certainly provide still provides an outlet, I, I think. I mean, pass or not, Nashville's going to enjoy getting him far, far down the pitch, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> pun very much intended. No, That's no, a little taste, yeah. little taste of how we roll. Uh, in, this, in all seriousness, uh, looking at, at his career numbers, 
it looks like his past two years here were his most active in his MLS career. He played more minutes, uh, was involved in 30-plus contests each of the last two seasons. When I see somebody who's entering his 30s, who relies on speed, who's pretty diminutive, he's listed as 5'8", Maybe, maybe he's 5'8". Durability becomes a concern in theory, but in reality, it seems like that hasn't borne out, that he's been able to be available and be on the pitch when Houston's needed. Yeah, and you mentioned, I mean, it it really has been kind of his better years. I think uh, one of those years he he matched or or bettered, right? The the most assists he had in a year uh, kind of matched that best year he had in Philadelphia a couple years back. And he spoke, you know, obviously Philadelphia had a different outlook and what they wanted to do and 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 we're going younger and that's when you know he kind of sort of ended up in Dallas didn't feel like he fit there you know he was in a year um again here given the chance he was able to put up those numbers that's why I think if he he is given the chance he, he can provide a few good years a few good numbers goals assists um can be another another threat really in the in the attack is there another player in the league that you might compare his style to if you had a, a comp, either of a guy who's currently in the league or that you've enjoyed watching before? Uh, tough to say. I, I don't think because uh, there's maybe a few guys like that. I mean, I, I kind of just compare it to what's, what's been here locally. You know, Albert at least here has been, you know, that, that sort of attack. And maybe that's kind of what Houston was going for, right? Kind of two speedy guys on the wings whenever they had they had at least in Kyoto here. I think that that was what made Houston a bit, uh, you know, granted it was a more counter-attacking team back in those days with, with Cabrera, right? Again, they, they, um, the thing down here in Houston is they wanted to play more possession, but they've, they haven't been able to kind of put that together. Um, and that maybe can help natural, right? A more transition team kind of going forward. I mean, that that's kind of the style. Um, obviously, at least I think it's more, uh, more younger, had a bigger upside, uh, was a bit more um, disruptive maybe in, in, in opposing defenses. Uh, it could be a little bit on either side. Um, but I think that style of play, right, somebody that can buy, provide that with on the wings, that's something maybe a lot of MLS teams don't have. Um, and I think that's somewhere where maybe natural can add to their game a little bit, even more. Again, uh, have somebody that can be an outlet for Mukhtar or or Leal, or or just or or be a threat on the opposite side of the field, and just kind of give them a little bit more creativity in in that aspect. I think again, here in Houston this year, the problem was uh, the game plan was just too too defensive, right? Where it it wasn't um, probably one of the reasons where maybe he wasn't happy, but also part of the reasons why maybe uh, you know looking for more more of an attack minded team to go to. What is he like off the field for either, you know, in the community or, or for our purposes, you know, guys, guys that you're going to come across in the interview room, what sort of, what sort of personality does this guy have? Uh, very outgoing. I think, I think you guys will like him. Um, uh, fairly open on, I think on most fronts. Uh, if you ask him something, I think um, for the most part, will be transparent, try to answer, you know, things as straightforward. So uh Again, maybe that's part of the reason why, why I mean, well, and not just with him, with, with a lot of players in Houston, getting them out in the community, um, you know, putting that uh, FaceTime in front of the fans. I mean, they, they didn't really get a lot of the opportunity here. Maybe maybe Nashville does a little bit better getting players out in front of the community. I think if they do that, then, yeah, he's, he's going to be a very likable player in that sense. Well, Victor, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been our, our interview with Victor Ariza from The Striker, who – uh, you can follow on Twitter at Victor Ariza. Very easy to find. And you can follow his work at the Striker News as well. Thanks, Vic. Highly recommend it. Thanks, Vic. Thank you. 
Well, thanks so much to Victor for spending time with us, that interview and this podcast brought to you by ML Rose, of course. Great burgers, great bourbon, great beer, bountiful buckets of merriment. I couldn't finish with the B word there, but you get it. They even bring you words that don't start with B. Actually, just got back from a World Cup uh, pick'em where each uh, of eight people were, were drafting our four teams that we would pick to go deep in uh, in Qatar, and it was a snake draft, so obviously nobody, not everybody got their first choices, but I went Belgium. A pretty good pick, right? With number seven, I think, overall. Uh, then I went Denmark, Wales, and Qatar. Qatar bringing maybe some decent value in that last pick, even though it felt a little bit guilty for picking them. And uh, it should be fun. But uh, ML Rose was the perfect site to do that. Got eight guys together in a long booth. Great thing about that place is you can go with your significant other and just have a nice two-person spot. Or you can get a bunch of guys together, sit down and do what we did. Fantasy-style draft. Had Monday Night Football on in the background as well. And it was a lot of fun uh, talking some Monday Night Football uh, at the same time. Rose was just a, a great spot to do that. You know, Monday Night Beer, a low-key atmosphere. Went to the Capitol View location. I swear I'd never return there after I watched UT get swamped by Georgia there a couple weeks ago, but I did, and I did quickly, and I enjoyed it a lot more uh, this time. So uh, thanks to MROs for their sponsorship, and thanks to you for listening. Later on this week, we're going to go deep into your mailbag questions. We're going to talk about Nashville SC's roster news. Again, that will likely come out Tuesday at some point, so you may already know that when you're listening, but we didn't want to wait to get you the perspective in the meantime on Fafa Pico more later this week on those roster moves and also on the World Cup as we get ready to watch Walker, Zimmerman, and Shaq Moore wear red, white, and blue. Nashville, one of just two teams in Major League Soccer to put multiple players on the U.S. men's national team. Let's see if you can answer the other one on Twitter without looking and... Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll uh, give you a little shout-out on the show uh, coming up later on this week. Again, what is the other MLS club to have multiple U.S. men's national team players on its roster? Should be fun little trivia question there. Thanks again to Victor for joining us. Thanks, as always, to my co-host, Tim Sullivan, the owner of ClubCountryUSA.com. Go there for Nashville SC slash World Cup coverage where those two meet. Tim We'll be there, and we hope you'll be there later this week. Thanks to ML Rose for the sponsorship, Moon Taxi for the music, and 440 Sports for the microphone. We'll talk to you again later this week.